0: People through time and space for a really sexy, dirty, fantastic, gritty time. The first time I ever met Dirty, I thought she was some big deal burlesque performance star from, I didn't know, Philadelphia. Because why didn't I know this woman? She's amazing. Dirty Martini is the Gypsy Rose Lee of our generation. It's campy and it's satirical and it's ironic, but it's nothing if it's not backed up with a tremendous amount of talent and Dirty backs up with talent and that's what makes it fabulous. There's something about how she moves off she just like really takes the stage and throws it around the room. She doesn't even need a spotlight. She's got that inner light in her and it
1: comes out of her. And that to me is like, oh!
0: She's unbelievable. I think she's from another planet actually. She's such a force of nature. Dirty is on fire. She really does embody the original concept of burlesque.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you know who you are, please put your hands together for the legendary, the world-famous Miss 44, with a whole lot more, Dirty Martini!
2: How are you? You look fabulous
0: well thank you very much you and your silent movie eyes and my catherine delish little uh robe making myself comfortable for the weekend oh i want to see
2: stand up i want to see
0: okay you want to see my sweatpants yes
2: (laughs) i want to see everything oh there we go oh i love it (laughs) is that a penoir, penoir set no it's uh, it is. Or, it's
0: a penoir. It a, is. It's a Catherine Delish original. Oh, <laughs> she's amazing. Once in a while, she'll um, she'll send me something fabulous, and I get to wear it. I'm like, oh, how did I oh get? Oh my to
2: god! Wear it? <laughs> the only reason I know what a penoir set is is because my favorite, um, my. One of the two, one of the two of my favorite um, characters on television was um, Agnes Moorhead in Bewitched. Yes. And they always had her in a caftan, like pushed up in the corner. <laughs> she was. Yeah, she was always amazing. wearing the
0: best colors too. <clears throat> oh my with god! That eyeliner. Right,
2: right, right. <laughs> blue
0: shadow. Oh god, that <clears throat> amazing blue shadow.
2: Yeah, Always. And I didn't realize at the time that she was like this major movie star, like,
0: mm.
1: and
2: then decided to do television when television wasn't like it is now and kicked the hell out of that role. She is my favorite. Her and Jeannie, I have to say.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, it's so fun to watch <clears> some <throat> of those old shows from um, pre that era, like just past the, the height of the Hollywood MGM musicals. Right. Because like all of those people who were on, uh, either doing burlesque or we're on Broadway or we're on, you know, the studio roster mm-hmm. were like doing these TV shows. These crazy, like Charlie's angels. I saw once, um, <laughs> I was just watching. I was like, whatever, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. And it was fucking, um, not Rita Hayworth, but Barbara Stanwyck, Barbara Stanwyck played what? the female Charlie and had male angels. <laughs> I mean, so not only were these Hollywood beauties used to their best potential, like they actually, you know, Hollywood understood their importance and like how, I know there was some gay person, you know, booking oh, that course. casting agent going, you know, who would be great. It'd be so funny if we got <laughs> Barbara Stan, the gum pop and burlesque dancer from the forties.
2: Holy shit. Well, you know, she, um, one of my, also one of my favorite shows growing up was the big valley do you remember that show
1: mm-hmm.
2: the big valley and barbara Stanwyck played the matriarch in this ranch
1: <laughs> and
2: one of her sons was uh, little joe the character's name was little joe who was um jesus the guy that did little House on the prairie of course i'm gonna forget his last name um michael landon
1: Mm
2: -hmm. was one of her sons and the the uh, other one that I had the biggest crush on I don't know his name he was like tall and dark and hmm. And then (laughs) um,
0: tall dark and and handsome I'll take it
2: and then Lee Majors (laughs) was the middle son from Bionic Man
0: yeah I remember I was just talking about Bionic Man today because my dad had a hip replacement and so I can't he had like two (laughs) knees replaced and a hip replacement so I call him the Bionic Man
1: pretty much
2: (laughs) Pretty much that's awesome. Good for him. Good for him. <laughs> he's
0: doing good though. Like he's in his he's in his late 80s now, maybe turned 90 already.
2: Holy shit. His time goes fast. I know it does. <laughs> so you you were fully vaccinated. I'm so happy to hear that.
0: Yeah, I still even have my oh, I, little, see your,
2: um, I see your patch.
0: Hold on there. You can see there. My little band aid is right there. Yep.
2: Yep. So <laughs> Let me ask you real quick cuz I don't want to talk all about covid but we had our first shot um well it was 2 weeks ago and then we get our second shot uh this coming Thursday and the first shot for me and they, and it, they did it right like way up here in my muscle
0: yeah right hurt here like a
2: motherfucker it hurt so like for seconds
0: I think that the guy um might have pierced the uh joint with the needle when he put the needle in because i couldn't even raise my arm like that Ooh. For, a, for three days It hurts oh so bad but this woman the number two shot yeah she was kick-ass she was not playing She, you know what the trick is is to take the muscle like that oh. and get the muscle like grab it right and then jab it in and like i was like i didn't even feel the needle and oh then gosh. this is fine i mean it hurts a little but no big deal
2: and that was three days ago
0: that was yesterday
2: oh yesterday okay good good well so I'm feeling
0: I'm, a little bit under the weather today but nothing you know nothing major and nothing terrible n-
2: nothing that you couldn't do a <laughs> puppet show photo shoot tell me about that a
0: puppet show and a podcast
2: and a broadcast. <laughs> and, oh my god and
0: tell me, tell I did me. A, a, a doctor's appointment too so I'm like all of Damn girl. the world is coming back <laughs> the queen of all of our hearts, please welcome to the stage the absolutely inimitable Dirty Martini. (laughs)
2: was <laughs> no, <it's> not exciting <laughs> it's so great
0: yeah about- i'm doing well i happen to be a puppeteer um you know not marionettes so much but when i first came to new york i uh worked with a company called pink ink and uh we oh. did like full body puppets and we oh were um so I did. A, I just sort of fell into puppeteering coming from dance school because dancing, you know, you have such awareness of your body anyway. And then mm-hmm. I just loved um, having relationships with characters or becoming a character, even if it was an abstract movement thing. Like I really enjoyed the um, the puppetry of it. So I so got a cool. chance to work with Viva DiConcini, Concini, who's a rock star, and she's making. Um, A kind of new uh, fairy tale about the Old West that is about women um, who wanted to leave the towns and live with the Native American people because they treated women so much better in some of the tribes that were uh, there. So a lot of the women kind of left the town and were like... You That's know, awesome. I'm gonna go live with these people because they have it figured out.
2: Right, right.
0: You know, so there there was some of that history and there's a lot of it muddled because the white men of the time sort of switched it around to make it seem like uh, the women were captured or the women were held against their will. You know how they do.
2: Right, like they still <laughs> do, like they still do. I was gonna say that sounds yeah, so crazy.
0: They flipped the narrative just like they flipped the narrative with the Native Americans with scalping, you know, it's like white people were scalping people, not Native Americans. It wasn't a part of their culture, you know, until oh my God. we came along and um, told them that, you know, it was a really good way to um, show that you've killed someone without having to carry a head around. Oh, my
2: God. <laughs> I <didn't know> that. <laughs> oh, so so mm. she's a rock star doing a music video. Was that? Yeah. It? So
0: she's making a puppet town full of um really awesome puppets so I got to puppeteer the um the madam puppet of the I Huffer's saw
2: <laughs> you texting me the picture and I'm like what is going <laughs> on here tell me it sounds so fun
0: yeah so I got to work with Kate <clears throat> Bram who um I worked with in Julie Atlas Muses Panto a few years ago mm-hmm. um it, down at Abrams Art Center and I got to work with another puppeteer Juanita Cardenas who's like And Machine Dazzle, who I just love. They all work with Taylor Mac, if you know him and his work. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they're kind of, they're the people who give Taylor Mac his, like, cachet, I think. You know, like, they really have, he works with really wonderful people like Viva and Machine. And so, yeah, I was puppeteering (laughs) with all these wonderful people.
2: I can't wait to see that. Um, Does she have any (laughs) idea when it's coming out? Or
0: Um, It's going to be the uh i think they're doing it like a web series so oh, i'm good, sure good. i'll link to it when it's all finished
2: oh okay cool all right and um, annie
0: perry is directing she's amazing
2: <laughs> i should know who these people are so embarrassed.
0: well um, if you know you know
2: <laughs> if you know you know speaking of who who you know um i want to talk to you about barshland follies and when are they coming back because i get like i follow <laughs> her on instagram And I I know and I think she she's hinting at, you know, it's not going to be that much longer like we're going to come back and do you know anything about it.
0: Well, you know, Suzanne is always like Right. What's next, you know, really that she was so sweet when everything shut down that one Sunday in March. Yep. She called us all up from Barshland Follies, and she's like, I'll pay you to come to my house and film something, and we'll just release it over the COVID, because that's when we thought COVID was going to be, like, six months, you know? We're like, right. we live in the digital age. This, this is going to be right. easy, right. you know? China already dealt with it. Europe already dealt with it. We can certainly learn from them, and then we had the fucking Trump train wreck, you know, and his awful, <clears throat> awful people that, you know, are denying that you should wear a mask and all of that.
2: Right. And altering the we're just lucky that
0: we live in New York and that it got handled pretty quickly. So we didn't have that many deaths in the second round.
2: Right. Right. Imagine if we lived in like one of those like Wisconsin or one of those North Dakota states or something where they just have the worst leadership. It's just awful
0: Well, my good friend, world famous Bob is living in Austin, Texas, which Mm. is really a great place to live, very liberal. But because it's in Texas with that awful governor and she hasn't left the house in, uh, good Lord, probably a whole entire year.
2: She was on my list of things I wanted to ask you about because I follow her also on Instagram and uh, she went through a rough patch there, you know, health wise. And I think she seems like she's doing better and feeling stronger and and every time i see her and i pretend that i know her because i feel like i know her through you and
0: just
2: root her on and cheer on and so she looks she looks great
0: she's she's doing so great i mean it's just hard it's been hard for all of us to keep our spirits up and she's in a new town trying to be a new yorker you know rallying everybody and It's just hard to get people on your timeline and you know New Yorkers were like "Eh, eh,
2: eh." (laughs) Yeah New Yorkers (laughs) like this and and I would imagine I don't I've never been to Austin but it's like I imagine it's sort of like yeah you know a little bit slower way of looking at things slower pace of Mm -hmm. looking at things and looking at life I hope she's doing it.
0: But anyway, hopefully Suzanne good. and the McKittrick will survive. I mean, certainly Suzanne's, not, she's like a glamorous rhinestone cockroach. Always <laughs> oh, <we laughs> come back.
2: <laughs> that is such a great way to explain it, Um, and I think she would actually agree with you with that description. Cause oh, I just love, you know, I after, so let me just let me just back up for the for the audience here, because I forget that it's there's other people that are gonna watch this. Um we had our interview, <clears throat> you and I, you came to my house. We had this great interview that I re-listened to today just to make sure that I, you know, I didn't want to talk about the same kind of stuff. And um, we made you dinner and then we hung out for hours. It was great. And then I, th- I believe it was a week after that, I w- we went to see Barshland Falls for the first time. And let me tell you, <laughs> that is like without exaggeration, one of my most favorite nights I've ever spent in my life. And I'm just turned 55 and um, just everything. I just, I've never seen anything like it. It was fabulous, like just the best. So I'm really-
0: The thing about Suzanne that's so great. And I was just talking about this the other day is that she doesn't necessarily uh, know everything that goes on with all the performers. She really like she she ha- she picks people like putting a salad together, right, you know right. kind of a rough tossed salad <laughs> and but the thing that she does know is the audience, and she watches mm. she doesn't watch the show she watches the audience watch the show, and so that is the kind of brilliance of Suzanne because she she really has that feeling of what people are reacting to.
2: Right, right.
0: So she knows what to put in the salad.
2: (laughs) Exactly. What a great way way to explain it. I mean, I imagine all those years of doing parties and party promoting and stuff. But I also do think it's, you know, you can't necessarily learn that kind of thing. I think it's just something that's, you know, innate in someone. And she has that that instinct, obviously. Um, Yeah, that was just, I mean, every... Every single number in between numbers, um, the whole gestalt of the place, it's just beautiful. Um, I, and it was
0: magical.
2: It's magical. It really is magical, you know. And, I, and I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't want to do any research. I wanted to go in there completely, you know, blind in a way. And every second of that experience, waiting to get in, was even cool. It was you know how
0: Disney does it They like make sure that the line Is more fun than the ride
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> That makes sense
1: if...
0: Yeah but you know that's for the people Who don't know the McKittrick it's the place Where sleep no more happens Right, That masked Immersive extravaganza that's been Going on for decades now mm-hmm. <laughs> feels Right like. and, Which I've uh, never so seen have you seen on that? One of the cabaret floors in that Space oh nice and there's a rooftop bar too there that was just lovely. Right, right. Wonderful place to hang out after before.
2: Yeah, we did, we, did, we did a bit of that as well. And they have these, it was really cold that night, remember?
0: Mm-hmm. It
2: was in March, like March 8th or something. And they have these giant fires, <laughs> like, I mean, you know, self-contained fires and stuff. And so we, I don't know, just everything about that night, just every everything about it, it was fantastic. And then seeing you on stage, Um, for the first time since like 1996 which is when I first (laughs) saw you and you don't remember but that's okay Um, (laughs) was it
0: at the lore (laughs) (laughs) is that why I don't remember no (laughs) I would have covered with a gimp mask (laughs) I
2: would definitely have remembered that no no it was uh I don't even know where it was anyway yeah so I I hope that comes back soon so I also wanted to ask you about I, and I think it was like a month after we spoke the first time you were going on tour with uh, Dita Von mm-hmm. Um, What was that whole thing like? Because I think when you started the tour, we had rumblings of, you know, something is is happening and it and it might be really bad. What was that like? Because you you were there. You were you were in in Europe when this whole shit.
0: Actually, no. I was. Uh... I had just gotten back from <clears throat> Europe in February. I was like, Dita Von Teese did a tour of Australia, and New Zealand in December, November. So we came back, uh, we did a New Year's thing in LA, and we did this crazy, um, it's called the Friendship. It used to be called Holy Ship, but it's like <laughs> a giant cruise ship, a Royal Caribbean cruise ship filled with ravers.
2: <laughs> oh my
1: god and
0: we the whole cast of of what was called strip strip hooray I don't know she changes the name
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it.
0: it's, our review <clears throat> our burlesque review with Dita Von Teese was in the main theater with the best stage hands I've ever worked with in my life those people are like Vegas times a thousand because they're all oh, they work together on a ship so they know each other right. so well Right. and so they were so nice to us And that was our New Year's. That was like a cruise to the Bahamas. Can you imagine a cruise? Oh my! That's when like right after that, the cruise ships were like stranded for a month and people couldn't go out of their staterooms. Like, oh. They they were trapped.
2: Like some of them were trapped, right? They had to be like, they couldn't leave the ship for like weeks or
0: something. Yeah, because stupid Trump was like, I'm not going to get more uh, COVID numbers on my watch. So he didn't let people... Even from this country, come back to our country. <laughs> it's like it was so gross <clears> how they handled it. But um, oh, awful. All that aside, I was supposed to go <laughs> to Europe for um, in February for the Prague Burlesque Festival, oh, okay. and it was like a it was a thing that it just happened. Like somebody couldn't go, and so I was like, sure, I'll do it. And it would have meant that I'd have to go to Prague. And then turn around after a week in Europe and go right back with Dita to Europe. So, you know, with the jet lag, it's like exhausting. Like I, it was too long a time to stay in Europe mm-hmm. and it was too too short a time to, you know, stay here. It was a mess. So I was thinking I'm going to have to turn right around and go back. But um, as luck would have it, mm. the uh, lockdown happened before our tour. So everything was canceled. Oh, okay. 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 So it got rescheduled for later on in the next year, which was this February. Right. We are supposed to go back out on this tour. And um, then that got canceled. So probably 2022.
2: (laughs) Here's to 2022. I'm having a a glass of wine and some. Oh,
0: how nice. I forgot to stock my bar.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I also have a giant jug of water because I'm, <clears throat> I have a scratchy throat I forgive forgive me my me listeners do you, Ooh, do you me start? too. <laughs> um <clears throat> so tell me what you we were talking um a couple of weeks ago you have all these cool things coming up like because I was concerned about you and I have a lot of friends that are performers um that you know haven't been able to work uh yeah. so it seems like things are sort of um opening up a little bit um and you have some cool things
0: terrifying quite honestly for performers because it's not only for us that we can't perform for a live audience which is a big deal Mm -hmm. you know it's a lot of us get our pats on the back by this applause you know so do things online you know it's it's just not the same you know Mm -hmm. i i liked the things that i've done online but um yeah, just it's including this podcast feel. You know, it's right. so nice to be in front of people and to be with people, and for mm. us performers to be backstage together because that's where we're really right being family.
2: You talked about that in the first episode, um, how it's a sacred space behind this, you know, behind the curtain. I think that's really beautiful. I understand that a little bit when I was in plays and things. Um but that sense of spiritual family kind of thing must be really hard to go without, you know, for so long.
0: Yeah. It's tough. It's been, it's been real tough. And then a lot of us, you know, because burlesque straddles the sex work world, mm-hmm. not that we're all can consider ourselves sex workers, but so, you know, from a government point of view, I mean, if you sure i take off my clothes for money or maybe some of the Mm -hmm. girls work at pumps in brooklyn you know Mm -hmm. which is a really super cool strip club Mm -hmm. but um you know it straddles the line so a lot of us couldn't get the unemployment i was super lucky and got it because if you look on the unemployment application the pua Mm -hmm. it says i mean a lot of us are 1099 so we couldn't get regular unemployment Mm -hmm. so the PUA one it says if you're a sex worker you can't get any money
1: wow Wow, yeah
2: I had no idea
0: I mean it's horrific it's like what what do you think people are doing sex work for in the first place you know most people are doing it because it's good money Mm-hmm. It's something to get them through, whether that's college or whether it's on to the next thing or right. maybe they just really enjoy it, you know, but it shouldn't be uh, a measure of your worth, you know,
1: so that has been really,
0: it's been tough for a lot of people and Man. then Instagram cracking down too on
2: <clears throat> oh, the I know.
0: saying the word Patreon or uh, OnlyFans fans.
2: Oh, I didn't know. But wait, I didn't. Is this a new thing? I didn't know about yeah, that.
0: Yeah, so they came out with a new term of ingre- uh, terms of agreements mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a couple months ago. In
2: terms of service or whatever.
0: Yeah, their terms of service changed, and so in order, you st- when you sign it, you're signing that you won't um, sell yourself on Instagram. Mm. Thank you, Zuckerberg. Oh,
2: <laughs> My God! Right? Oh man, uh, that's. That's so funny because I just saw something um, that uh, Twitter actually, and I think other, I think Facebook and Instagram are gonna like follow suit maybe or whatever. Twitter is instituting this survey, um, apparently starting today for like a week, um, surveying folks about what Twitter should do with um, politicians. Uh, accounts um, and what's the level at which the, the the gist of the thing is what what is the level at which that person's account should be banned mm-hmm. and then you have that so i'm thinking like that's cool i'm gonna hear this bullshit about instagram like half my friends are on only fans and you know all those things
0: well i love instagram it's uh i didn't used to i used to be a twitter person i love to read and mm. I love the little um, twists and puns and things that you can do when you don't have a visual. And right. so, but you know, I switched over to Instagram because it's really fun to read like a little magazine, you know?
2: Right. And you right. feel
0: like you're really keeping up with people. You feel like, because you're seeing their faces, you know, you're right.
2: It just annoyed. Like, I don't know if I'm the only one that finds this annoying. So like when I send out the podcast, like, I'll edit this thing on, I'll put it on, on Instagram and, and Twitter, um, Twitter, I can do links, but I can only do 280 characters. And so I have to be, I have to, <laughs> I have to edit the, the, the text of the, of the tweet mm-hmm. because I have to include like two long ass URLs. Oh, and then the okay. yeah, it's, it's well, kind You can of crazy. always link
0: to bio. That's the
2: <laughs> That's true. That's true. And I do. And I do often do that too. Um,
0: I just got a link tree. Woo!
2: <laughs> no, I keep hearing about this link tree. What is it? What is this link tree of which you speak? What is that?
0: <laughs> look at me, fancy business. I know. Link look at you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is it's that?
0: You, it's a service that gives you more more than one link on your bio. So. <laughs> it's, mm. um, directs to a different website so that you can put more than one thing so you can put all your podcasts on
2: i'm gonna have to look into that i'm writing da- writing down notes right now
1: <laughs> you're learning um, so much <laughs>
2: i know I, I really am and i love your bedroom your boudoir you're in my boudoir as well oh you see geez. that it, you can tell who's the stripper who's the burlesque person in this podcast well, mine is so like
0: lovely it's so like calming
2: it's like <laughs> i call it my martini glass because it's the color of olives, olive green.
0: Ooh, that's nice. Um,
2: and I would turn the light on, but the bedroom was a mess. And <laughs> so I like to keep it kind of hidden. I just keep um, it here
0: for you. I, I keep all my fun uh, things here. Um, I love everything about
2: that room. The pictures. You know, here you
0: see my prized program from the Club 82, oh. um, which used to be on 4th Street. Uh-huh. It was a drag review in the '60s. This one's from 1963, and it looks like it was made yesterday. It's so beautiful. Right, exactly. And it's, when I get blue, I will flip through that because it just has the best. There's a drag performer in there named Baby Elephant. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Elephant, Baby Elephant. I love <laughs> She's it. The I love it. Like, but there's so many little. Gems in there, and then speaking of Barbara Stanwyck, there she is.
2: Oh my god, that's her!
0: Because I got this amazing 8 by 10 with uh Lois DeFay there, with and it's uh her picketing on Times Square because this is when in the 40s um they outlawed the word burlesque on a marquee, and so here's you know. This lady doing uh, burlesque in a movie in Ball of Fire, and then you know she has to go to New Jersey to work, and so she it says Barbara Stanwyck what she got that I ain't got. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) And there's Lois. Wow.
1: After
0: backstage with her costume designer.
2: Fabulous All
0: these great? great
1: photographs
0: yeah. So yeah I have a lot of that This is <laughs> Ann Corio's This was Burlesque program
1: I love um, that, that was
0: on 2nd Avenue uh, Right around the corner from my house And uh, as nice. was the Club 82 right. And right. my Diamond Lil Oh
2: look at her <laughs> Just... It's
0: not signed But it's, uh, it's an original program Oh it is a playbill Holy <laughs> shit that's so cool Yeah yeah it's really good oh and this God. one over here I love Is she's a little bit askew right now but she's a sketch that somebody did on the back of a reserved card in oh, a right in like probably I'm gonna say 1940 from the way she's dressed
2: right? Oh my um, God.
0: somebody brought their pencils <laughs> to a burlesque show
2: Fantastic. doing a little
0: hula dance it's like that's beautiful. so fucking cool and Then I have another little, um, another little Club Eighty Two over here.
1: Oh, That's nice. a program,
0: and uh, you know, an original photo of my downstairs neighbor at the Club Eighty Two before
1: oh.
0: he moved out of my apartment. And um, down here is my prize, prize, prize possession: my birthday card from Mother Flawless Sabrina, who Whoa. came to my birthday party. And- <laughs> She made this beautiful birthday card of her in like just getting into drag.
1: Oh my she god!
0: Says, Don't want to be late. Got to hurry because I'm going to wish Dirty Martini a happy birthday. <laughs> Isn't that sweet?
2: That's priceless. Holy shit!
0: July. I love it.
2: I love. Every, I love the color of the walls. Yeah, silver lame curtain. It's so you. It's fabulous. The
0: velvet painting back here. It's hard to see her, but her name's Pepper.
2: <laughs> i was wondering what that was fabulous oh, oh my gosh my
0: mermaid tail too <laughs> oh. Oh. i have a bunch of stuff in here that i've been um,
2: where do you keep all of your wardrobe you must have crazy amounts storage
0: of... locker down the street that is really great
2: oh nice That's so fabulous. this doesn't
0: get crushed with my regular clothes and sweat socks you know what i mean Right, right. <laughs> you don't want that this is I was going to say, oh,
1: look at that. Fabulous.
0: This is the hat I wore. It's very Easter bonity. Mm-hmm. Um, I wore it for Dita Von Teese's carousel horse um, that she lent me in her show. And I got to have her very beautiful carousel horse for about two years as we toured the United States.
2: Oh, nice.
0: Nice. And I got to put my own spin on her number, which was really fun to do.
2: Didn't I read something about this? Um, or did we talk about this? Uh, about I how
0: you been had been showing really... pictures of it lately because I'm just reminiscing a lot oh. about my performance days, you know.
2: Yeah, I must have. I think it was probably in Instagram and how you said that um, getting your bearings on the horse that was moving in the carousel was what was kind of tricky. Is that how I, I remember reading something? Well,
0: like it was funny because I. Because she lives in L.A. and I live in New York and we were only had I think our first date was in San Diego for that tour. Mm -hmm. So I was like begging to come out and set it up in a studio. But that's really expensive to get the prop shipped. You know, like she has a lot of details in her show, like little Mm -hmm. she's got a lot of big props and, you know, it all sort of goes as a certain way so we ended up the day of the show putting the horse carousel horse up in the um, audience part of the theater so I could get a feel for it and actually do it for the first Mm -hmm. time and I had no idea I've never used a big prop before so uh, I was really just winging it (laughs) so I was scared I mean I was really terrified
2: and you were doing you were doing like burlesque moves on the horse you weren't just sitting on a horse you were you were doing yeah
0: i mean the thing is you know if you think about it the horse has a pole it's carousel Mm -hmm. and so i was riding some carousels like trying to be like oh i wonder if it's like this and be like
2: (laughs) (laughs) all the
0: children around (laughs) right
2: no kidding it's amazing you didn't kill yourself
0: (laughs) (laughs) or you know get scolded or whatever but you know there was really no way to prepare for it because a prop is custom made usually for the burlesque performer who makes their numbers so right. you know they're a hundred percent in on the design and the elements. so I just wanted you know as many access points as I could get so that way I felt like I could prop myself up because mm-hmm. Dita just looks good you know ma- no matter what like she's <laughs> such a beautiful Vargas pinup that you know she right, could sit, right She could sit and eat some popcorn like this all hunched over and look gorgeous <laughs> She doesn't <laughs> but she could. <laughs> I don't know. And you're, for me, you're... I don't know. My titties would be like down near my thighs. I'd be like, look, <laughs> 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 I got. I have to have a corset and the right proportions. And,
2: oh right. You
0: know.
2: So it's yeah. Like, what were corsets like? Are they extremely uncomfortable?
0: You know what they? I love this woman, Isabella prior Attire. She talks a lot about the Victorian age and women's liberation and mm-hmm. corsets because. You know, women were horseback riding. They were, you know, I saw a, a wonderful exhibition in Basel, Switzerland, with the mm. um, pregnancy corsets that they had. Oh, I never thought about that. Corsets. So there were all these things. I mean, you know, it wasn't ideal, of course, but.
2: Pregnancy um, corset.
0: Here.
2: Those are two horrifying words to be put together.
0: <laughs> oh, here it is. I, I'm sitting <clears throat> on it, of course. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But like this corset here that I use for the carousel horse.
1: Oh, gorgeous. It's
0: very glamorous and exciting, but it's um, it's also very uh, structural. So mm-hmm. it doesn't really have to be tight. It just has to be tight in the right places.
2: I see. I see. So
0: this is not uncomfortable at all. I Some of my gowns are more uncomfortable than this corset. Oh. <laughs> but if I lost this corset, I'd be screwed because the front piece attaches to it here. Uh Uh
1: Uh-huh. and
0: there's a hole as my designer David Quinn says, uh, Uh, a a fancy tablecloth on the front. (laughs) 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 And on the back is a poofy skirt. And then uh, that attaches with two whopper poppers there. So, so
2: tell me the name of the designer again, and he does all your clothes
0: yeah david quinn he's david an amazing quinn. theatrical costume designer mm. and we've been working together since like the really the beginning of my career because he came to one of my shows and was like that dress is terrible
2: oh no wait, really that's <laughs> like, so
1: cool
0: oh, yeah we'll make you one
2: <laughs> that's amazing so what's that process like the um the, the collaboration of coming up with new costumes and things like do you go to him and say I have so, sort of idea or does he come to you or is it both sort of fluid like that
0: it really depends most of the time I'm going to him and being like is this possible and then I'll mm. be like no <laughs> it'd be so expensive and then, right. like, two weeks later, you know, I'll describe the concept, what I felt like I wanted to do. And then two weeks later, he'll call me back up and be like, you know, if we do this and we do that and we do this other thing, we could make it cheaper. <laughs> the one that I was really into was before. Oh, God, who wore that? Was it Nicki Minaj? No. Somebody wore the new Mugler, uh Kardashian, the Kardashian. Oh, one. uh-huh. Yeah, I can't remember this. Those stars names. I can't. Uh, yeah, somebody was doing the Mugler um uh it's like a giant clam shell. Oh. And the skirt goes like up around like this and then it can drape down. It's just the most beautiful thing. It's black on one side and pink on the other side and then you're supposed to be a beautiful pearl on the inside in a pearl corset
2: fucking that sounds amazing I have to look that up I have no idea
0: yeah look it up it was in the kitsch exhibit in the Met. Um, oh okay Terry Mugler from like the 90s I think it's like an old season but the year that I was like that I was like (laughs) I was looking up different designs and things I could Pop up or things that turned into other things. Yeah, and uh, I was I'm like, yeah, let's do something like that. And Dad's, of course, was like, you can't do that; it's too expensive. <laughs> Moogler do that, did that, but it was expensive. Well, and I then mean, two weeks later, was like, right. yeah, maybe we could do it this way. And then bitch wore it on the red carpet, and everybody saw it. And now um, and she called me up and was like, we can't do it now, can we? <laughs>
2: Oh, <laughs> you're kidding. Oh, my gosh. Jazz
0: is like, now you can't do that now because it's too relevant. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everybody knows about it, so what's the point?
2: That's, wow. So, I mean, I would imagine that the difference between um, like a haute couture costume designer or designer pretty much can do whatever they want because it's, it's all commissions or runway, right but a theatrical costume designer it's all about how can we do something as closely as possible but spend a lot less money you know I think that's a whole other kind of form of artistic genius really is to because it's all about that in the theater you know like we're not we don't have the budget of you know a Kardashian you know to spend like fifty thousand dollars on a dress or I don't even think they buy anything they wear. I think they get it all for free. you know. I mean,
0: back in the old days of burlesque, they probably did spend a fortune on their wardrobe and took very, very good care of it, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know, As opposed to their... But they were making a lot of money then, too. It's The right. economy's different now. We're on what we call a burlesque budget. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which is a new... A new concept. It right. <laughs> means we broke.
2: Oh... <laughs> uh. I'm just glad you're, you're starting to work again. So, um, tell me what's going on, like work wise and personal wise, and just how, just, a, I just, I really wanted to do like a quick catch up with you because I, I've been, con- I've been, you know, concerned about my friends in general during this whole COVID thing. And also especially my friends that are performers. Cause I know it's been really rough.
0: Well, so first of all, I've been really enjoying your bread baking. <laughs> I've been really. And your new kitty cat, Margot Channing. is that- Oh,
2: Margot Channing. She's <laughs>
0: so cute.
2: I, so we got her. She was, um, and I didn't find out, find this out until we got her. So, um, <laughs> uh, a friend of ours, a really good friend of ours who actually actually works on the podcast as well, um, She's our social media director. Um, she does this uh, rescue, animal rescue side hustle, and I was not in the market for another cat because we have Tito. And in fact, I'm gonna open the door. So
0: Tito's wonderful and love. <laughs> he's, he's so fat now, just like That's me. That's a character.
2: I know. Hold on. <laughs> I like, to, um, I like to leave the door open so that they can come and you'll see them like flop on the bed and stuff. They're so cute. So yeah, <laughs> so Margot was like, um, you know, a rescue. And I just lost the image. Can you see me? Okay. Um, and Christian really, my boyfriend Christian really, really wanted another cat. So I was like, oh, all right. Um, and we saw pictures of her, and she's just, she's so pretty. Um, and then, like a week, she was here. She was, you know. We initially started out as like a foster, because we wanted to make sure that Tito wasn't going to destroy her, you know, or the other way around. And it turns out, from day one, from the moment she came into the to the apartment here, she was the alpha. She's like, you're not going to fuck with me. And she's like this big. She was like tiny, tiny little, um, like six month old cat, you know? But she was the one that was in charge. She was also, when I found this out, when she was delivered here, was considered feral. Oh. Now, I don't know about you. I'm sure you've been to Rome. You know, Rome is full
1: Mm -hmm.
2: hundreds thousands of scary fucking feral cats you Mm -hmm. know so that's what i had in my mind about feral and and really in in the parlance of of i think um rescue it's really just about not socialized Mm
1: -hmm. you know
2: so she was pretty skittish and um for the first couple months and then she you know slowly warmed up and she is now the most lovey-dovey adorable Uh, Kitty she's not a kitty I guess she's still technically a kitty but she's bigger and she's super happy and hopefully you get to see her at some point um (laughs) but yeah but we were talking about you
0: yes (laughs) but I meant to say was (laughs) cooking and bread baking and all that stuff. oh boy I have been cooking up a storm and I have to say that part of my personality is um expressed well like I feel like I really like it you know there's been a lot Mm. of bad stuff about COVID Mm -hmm. terrified to bring it home you know to get I mean I'm more scared to give it to someone else than I am to have it myself
2: absolutely me too I mean
0: my partner my roommate you know it's just for me it's terrifying to think that I could do that to someone and wreck somebody's health so yeah so that's been terrifying but The part I really like is being like a homebody, having a lot of time off, resting my legs, which were really busted, Mm. right around the last year this time. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, like I couldn't walk for a few days after a performance, like that kind of stuff, Mm. you know? Yeah. Like I was working way too hard and Mm -hmm. I was traveling too much, and it just takes a toll on your body. Right, and it was uh, so I have to say I really aside from the terror of it all and all this oh my god all the death I mean it was just so intense like emotionally psychologically psychically it was right, intense right terror. right but after all that and mm-hmm. after the streets began to liven up a little bit because that was mm-hmm. also a little terrifying Wasn't that too. surreal Ugh. the emptiness of New York emptiness, I've never seen. It. Yeah. New York empty like that
1: yeah.
0: and New York has always been a place where you know that you can go to find work and so that was really really wild to watch all of my income streams just stop all at once so I must say I was really um, I was really happy that the government doubled down did the right thing um, gave us some money to live.
2: Right, right.
0: Because, I mean, not everybody, of course, but um, I was super lucky because I had a savings before COVID and then went through all of that and then had mm-hmm. my PUA, went through all of that.
1: <laughs> oh, so,
0: now but, so
2: you have I'm jobs coming up?
0: And starting to work slowly, slowly, slowly.
2: Good, good. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear that. I mean, I know what you I mean. I mean, there's
0: no shows yet. Right. But Slipper Room is talking about reopening. Love the Slipper Uh, Room. (sighs) Yeah. And uh, I think some of the smaller venues are going to start to crank out some shows. Dwayne Park has been wonderful. I don't personally perform there, but some of my Uh friends do. And uh, they've been incredible there for support for those people because, you know, not everybody can work outside on the street. Right.
2: Well, I, you know, I heard something about April 1st, they're doing Broadway is doing this whole outdoor indoor thing to sort of test the waters about Broadway coming back because I have a lot of friends that work on Broadway or associated with mm-hmm. that industry and so that sounds really exciting. April 1st is, is this one night thing, but I think it's going to, you know, sort of test the waters and expands from there. So hopefully, you know, I do feel a lot more um, at ease about, you know, all my friends now are getting vaccinated. I got vaccinated, you know, one more shot to go. And um, just, you know, this, we just need to, I wanna hug you.
1: <laughs> like, you're yeah. Italian,
2: I'm Italian. That's been like the hardest thing for me is like, and I do, you know. I don't want to fucking hug you like this. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's I, I just, how I
0: hug people anyway. I get in there.
2: <laughs> I know. I know. I like Burrow, you know, like, you know, in the crook of their neck and stuff. I want to, you know, get back to that. And kissing people. I kiss people all the time. Um, yeah,
0: remember kissing people? Oh, mm. <laughs> I know. <laughs> how nice.
1: It's just crazy. I watched, today yeah. I was
0: backstage with the two puppeteers, and we were working super closely, you know, uh-huh. on a tiny puppet set, and so that was super fun. Nice. And I leaned over to them at one point, and I was like, "God, it's just so good to hang out with you girls and create again," yes. you know.
2: Yes, fabulous. <laughs> cheers! Cheers to that, and cheers to you. I How love you.
0: That? Oh, I love that. Oh <laughs> That's my God. Amanda Lepore's lipstick. <laughs>
2: You know, I, I, I've seen her Instagram and she when she shows the lipstick, but I didn't know that it had the Coney this Island one? guy.
0: <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> I tried oh to do god. her, but nobody can replicate her. She's the most fabulous, wonderful person in the world. Oh my god. The thing I like is that it's a two pronged situation. You got your your first, you know. Oh.
2: Is it like a liner and then lipstick or
0: it's like a lipstick that's Amanda there it has her name on it. You can even get them rhinestone, apparently. She'll send them to you for a price uh, in a rhinestone <laughs> case. And then it's a little lip gloss.
2: Oh, right, right. Okay.
0: That's so Amanda. Fabulous.
2: It's so Amanda.
0: <laughs> I really miss seeing her backstage at the
2: mckittrick know, her
0: and Joey Arias.
2: I'm supposed yeah. to have jory Arias on our show. I gotta I gotta get that going um you know everything just sort of like pfft, closed down and stuff but we're we're gonna get back there and um gosh it's good to see you and next time i hope it's in person
0: yeah i hope so too thank you
2: <laughs> thank you Judy martini
1: i will see you soon i promise
0: yes for sure
2: Way Off the Record has been written, edited, and produced by Scott Ambrosino, also produced by Christian Hernandez, and we are available on all platforms where you get your podcasts. And drop us a line on social media. We can be reached at the at sign WOTRpod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks for listening.